You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Amen and amen. You may want to rise up on your feet as we quickly... A Bible text is taken from the, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5. From verse 1 to 7, and I will be using King James Version. Now reading your hearing. It says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesareth and saw two ships. You can underline that in your Bible. You, 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 you can bookmark it. Saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nest. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nest, for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled. In other words, we have walked extremely hard. We have toiled all night. Hmm. And have taken nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had, and when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and their net break. And they beckoned unto him, unto their partners, which were in the other ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and both ships so that they began to, to sink. The title of my meditation that the Lord gave me this morning is to toil or not to toil. Say after me, to toil or not to toil. By your heads within prayer. Father God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. For now is the hour, God, for me to deliver what you have delivered unto me. I pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, take absolute control. I yield my entire vessel that you go beyond my preparation, O oh Lord. That by your spirit that I will minister to everyone under the sound of my voice. Touch their situations. Take me to where you want me to be that they may see your finger and your mighty hand in their lives. Above all, O oh God, I do not pray to be famous or popular. But I pray, O oh God, that this hour, this season, this period, that I stand before your people, that I might decrease and that Christ might decrease in me. In Jesus' mighty name. And let in, I believe, say a big amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Well, you can put on my first slide on the screen. Uh, I paid attention to the recently concluded U.S. Open 2023. And as, as you can see on the screen, to those of you that are fan of the tennis or sport, and usually I, I love tennis because of my favorite player, whom unfortunately is declining, that's Nadal. To the point that when Nadal plays... And when I watch any sport, I will be praying in tongues. You know, I'm so engrossed. Nadal, come on, Nadal. I'm very animated. You know, I, 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 you know animated when he, 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 he strikes the, the, the ball. So come on, Nadal. But this year of U.S. Open, something incredible happened. Coco Golf. A 19-year-old black. Make no mistake about it. Negro like me. 
she became the very first young lady in history after Serena to win the 2023 U.S. Open. Now, as you can see the picture on the screen, just to make sure they've got the right screen. You see Coco Golf. Now, if you watched her game at intervals, you know, the tennis a game offset at intervals and break, she will go to her corner and she will kneel down and pray to the point that she was, get, the game was getting so intrigued and um, the, the, the press, ESPN, they changed the narrative and said, well, oh, Coco Golf, she was taking moments to sink it all in. But we all know that Coco Golf knelt each time to acknowledge God in her profession. It was a decision that she made that my profession that I'm doing, my career that I'm doing, it is but for God. I don't know about you, but ladies and gentlemen, I am what I am today, but by the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I, I don't just carry God on Sunday morning to church. I want God to be in my business Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just like Coco Golf, not caring of what people might say, what they might think. Yeah, I think it's high time for we believers to actually mature and be bold. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. The power of God unto salvation. The power of God to change the scenery that you operate in your life. Coco Gov. I was so blessed that each time when I see her, when she goes to kneel down. And guess what? Just for the naysayers, the people say, well, I think I, I, I agree with ESPN. She made it clear in all her competition that she has won till date. That when they gave her the trophy, I want to thank my father, the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, for giving me this grace to obtain the trophy. She was kneeling down, praying unto God. A decision that she made. Coco Golf. Glory be to God forevermore. And I saw her in, in, in a... Uh, in a talk show in American TV whereby they invited her in and they brought her parents. She was brought up. Her father as the coach brought up in the ordinance, the principles of God. Can I announce to someone under the sound of my voice? Thus can you go, but with the grace of God upon your life, you can go further. And that's why the Bible says some trust in chariots. Some trust in the arm of flesh, which will fail. But I will trust in the name of the Lord. Because it is a strong tower. Glory be to God forevermore. So the, fascin the fascinating thing about this is her decision in the way she applied herself in the journey to winning the trophy that comes with lots of controversies. In the media. And as you can see on the screen, it's a snapshot of her kneeling down to pray to God publicly and openly on the world stage, trusting and believing God to see her through the tournament. She did that at every interval during the tournament. Even when she loses the set, she goes back to kneel. Father, thank you for your grace. I may not appear to be winning, but I trust you. I trust you all the way long. She did that at intervals during the tournament. And the media tried to water it down. Well, I'm not surprised. And they said that Coco Golf took out time to soak it all in. There's nothing new 
under the sun. Do you know why? Because the world will always want to push God into the background. They will always try not to acknowledge God and debate upon what God has done even when the debate does not make sense. Remember, 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 in John chapter 9, when the disciples came unto Jesus about the man that was born blind, and they said to Jesus, well, did this man sin all his parents why he was born blind? And Jesus replied and said unto them, neither of them sinned, but this was for the glory of God to be made manifest. And suddenly, fast forwarding, Jesus healed the blind man. And then what happened? Coming to the stage, the scene, the Pharisees and the Jews, they were astonished. And they began to debate, no, Jesus couldn't have healed this man. Jesus is a sinner. They asked the man, are you truly the one that was born blind? And he said, yes, I am. But they weren't convinced. They went on with the debate. That doesn't make sense. They called the parents. And the parents showed up. Are you the parents of this man that was born blind? And the parents said, yeah, this is our son. Yes, he was born blind. And then they asked the parents, well, now tell us what happened. Why and how has he received his miracle? And the parents said, well, he's matured enough to speak for himself. So why don't you just ask him? And then they called back the man. I said, well, we know what you told us that this Jesus, whom we think is a sinner, healed you. But how did you get your healing? And he said unto them, well, I'm tired of this debate. One thing that I know, that once was I blind. But ladies and gentlemen, but now I see. End of. You see, each time you try to look at my life and try to, you know, place some numbers or be logical about it, you are not going to get the answer. The thing about it is that God is at work. One thing that I know, that once was I blind, but now I see. I'm not going to try to rationalize it in my mind or put some logic, but I just know that God has intervened. So I wasn't surprised on the controversies of Coco Golf. It will always happen because men will always want to put God in the background. But you, that you are in the question, you know what God has done in your life? And then you can always say, yes, once I know I had this, but now I am set free. Now let's get back to Coco Golf for one second. Because she was brought up in a Christian way. It was her choice, her decision to do what she did. Not that her father influenced her, no. It was her decision. And it's very, very important that you stay close to me now. What decisions have you made about life concerning your situation, your circumstances? The truth of the matter is you are the one that have to decide what to do. Just like Coco Golf decided, I'm going to take God into my profession. And for you and I, it is for us to decide on what to do and what not to do. And that leads me to my title of my message. To toil or not to toil. It is our decision. You want to toil? Or you don't want to toil. Come on, look at two or three people. Look at your neighbor and say to your neighbor, to toil or not to toil. Now let that sink in. To toil or not to toil. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that you may live. The choice is yours. To toil or not to toil. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, God has given you and I all things that pertain to life and godliness. In other words, the toolkit for life has been given to me, given to you. But the decision is, are you going to apply the tools to your life? 
to your day-to-day work with God. To toil or not to toil. So it is your choice, ladies and gentlemen. It is your decision. So let us quickly establish one major point. Let some people run off on the wrong tangent. There's a difference between being diligent and toiling. God wants us to work and be diligent. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 29, Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he will stand before king, not mere man. So with the foundation laid, I'm here to let you see the difference of what walking, being diligent, Versus toiling. And the pen is going to drop pretty soon. So, with this foundation in mind, I would like to quickly explore the text of our message in detail. And the next point I want to sort of lay in your mind is, from our Bible text, when Jesus appeared on the scene, there was no interaction between Jesus and Peter. No conversation, no discussion. That is very, very important. Okay? You can begin to see why Jesus did what he did. Because he didn't have a conversation with Peter. In fact, Jesus was not there when Peter and his colleagues were fishing. Because they fished all night. Jesus appeared in person during the day. And when he got to the scene, we begin to see in verse 2, the Bible says, he saw two ships. Now, I begin to wonder. He saw two ships, and the Bible says he decided to get into Peter's boat. And they never had any conversation. No conversation between the two of them. Now, watch this, watch this. Jesus was actually in the scene before he showed up on the scene. Because when you go through what you go through, God sees your stress. God sees the problem. He knows the situation. He knows what assails you. Before you open your mouth, the Bible says he had already answered. God knows all things that happen in and around you. Oh, and that blesses my soul and my heart to know that God sees me. That even before I say anything, God knows my situation. And before I go on to God himself, God knows how to get me out of the situation. So Jesus was in the scene. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever you may be going through, God knows and God sees it. And God has already prepared a solution for you to get you out of the predicament. And that is why with that understanding, you always have faith and trust in God. And to always say, no shaking. I know that God is with me. No shaking. This trouble that appeared, it did not appear suddenly before God. God knew when it was going to appear. And before the trouble appeared, God has already, from the foundation of the earth, whereby Jesus was slain to the cross, had already made the provision. So Jesus was in the scene before he showed up in the scene. Glory be to God forevermore. And because he was in the scene, without any conversation, that was why he chose Peter's boat. There were two ships. He chose Peter's boat. That is favor. That is, God will spot you from a crowd of a million people. God will move, move things around despite many people on the road, but God will spot you because he knows your situation. He knows your problem. And he will come to where you are. And that is something that, ladies and gentlemen, we always need to remember. That God will bypass a million people to get to you. God is in your scene before you and I, in our physical senses, senses actually see him appear in our situation. So favor and fair. God will put spotlight on you when you go anywhere 
and you begin to see favor, it's because God has put in his spotlight on you, his grace and his favor. Ian Fair, there's so many things. I know it's our Thanksgiving Sunday, and uh, there's the certain testimony that I'm at liberty to share, and some I'm not at liberty to share, until God asks me to share it. And ladies and gentlemen, the thing about it is when you, when you appear on a scene and they pick you out, it's not because you are smart. It's because the favor of God, just like God saw two sheep and decided to go on your ship. For many, many years back, I have been trying to do my doctorate program. And in fact, let me give you the foundation because I've got two masters. I love education. And from my two masters, I decided I was going to do my MBA. But for somehow, for somehow, for reasons, I just couldn't do my MBA. Because London Business School gave me an admission. I deferred it for about two years until I had to give the spot up. Because I just couldn't afford 35,000 pounds. You know, whereby I've got toddlers. Say, I've got my son and my daughter. I'm still sending to school. Well, what I've got so far can take me till the end of my life. So I had to defer it. To the point where by Manchester Business School became the number one in Europe. I applied again with trust in God. All right, I don't have the funds. And what happened again? They gave me the admission. And where, am I gonna, where would I find 35,000 pounds? I deferred again, trusting God. And until I couldn't defer no more. And that was it. You only have two years to defer. But when God is in your scene, walking in the background before he actually appears, then when God appears, you begin to look at your life and say, oh, I can see what God is doing, orchestrating in your life. And ladies and gentlemen, this year I just decided. Now those times I was applying for the MBA, I was in different employment. So this year, about two, three months ago, I just decided, okay, fine. Now is the time. I'm not doing MBA again. I'm going to do my doctorate. And I applied to Durham University for their doctorate. And um, I looked at Cranfield. I applied to Cranfield for their doctorate. I looked at UBIS. I applied to it for their doctorate. And amongst the three, I looked at the one Dora was offering to, normal DBA, and then the second global DBA. You know, that's global doctorate administration. And I looked at it. Who? The boys from the men. And the global DBA cost 65000 per annum. No, 65000 for the entire course. I said, this is jumping from frying pan to fire. <laughs> this is me for the past going to 18 years. I've been trying for 35000 And for some strange reason, I was just getting to the DBA of the Durham University. So they gave me an unconditional, they saw my research paper, they gave me an unconditional offer. We want you, Mr. Elua, you know, join us. I said, my word, God, you're working. And I thank God. It's Thanksgiving Sunday. And I said, Lord, I bless you. But at the same time, where will I find 65,000 pounds? 65,000 pounds. And to some of my friends that I tell them, they looked at me and said, well, you must be smoking crack. 65,000 pounds. Well, if you have that money, you don't know what to do with the money, please give it to me. I will walk that money. But somehow, somehow, when I listened to them, I said, well, that makes sense. But the Holy Ghost who pricked me said, no, 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 no. Just stay focused. And still I got attracted to Durham University. And on this fateful day, I have been to through, I've changed roles in the last six months in my company because my company was acquired by an American company. And based on my diligence, I've changed roles. And um, the chief operation and human resources just uh, in terms of the work that I do, and I, I was in enterprise technology handling the entire EMEA. And for operations, which is global, they wanted my expertise for remediation. And the chief human resources and operations sort of uh, looked at the, 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 the stuff that I do. Said, no, 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 no. No, I want this boy. Said, I want this boy. Now, my manager on enterprise technology was expecting me to get back end of June. And somehow, somehow. Someone that reports to the chief human resource operation went to tell my manager, well, I'm so, so, I'm so sorry because I know, I promise that you're going to get Chris back by end of June. 
but I'm sorry. I'm not going to mention the name of my manager because I know this message can go far and wide. He says, so, XX loves Chris. And I'm afraid when XX wants what she wants, she gets it. So, praise up yourself. And to this, I wasn't aware at all. My manager called me, well, has XX called you? I said, no, nothing at all. I said, okay, just be, be prepared and all that. And suddenly, a few hours after, XX messaged me, because have you got a few seconds for a chat? And I said, oh, yes. When, you're, when the overall balls ask you, have you got the time? Even if, even if you don't have the time, you have to find the time. Because opportunity comes once. So, to call the long story short, had a conversation where I said, Chris, I know you want to go back to enterprise technology, but I've got an offer for you. So, oh, come on, preach it. And she said, I want to come and work in my organization, be in charge of the global remediation, the entire company. And I looked at it. Now, at the same time, my boss was trying to hold me, and I compared it. It's like the president of a country giving you an offer, and then the governor of, or the mayor of a borough giving you an offer. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, which, which choice, which option are you going to opt for? So I was in a point of decision. But I didn't have to pray about it. I didn't have to speak in tongues about it. I said, yes, XX. And ladies and gentlemen, I have been in the best place of my career. The best place. Now, just hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now, here was, I don't know about the 65,000 pounds. In my mind, I have worked it out. Okay, fine. Enough is enough. I'm going to toil. I'm going to toil. So, yes, Barclays is giving loan. So, then I'm going to toil. Applied to the government. In fact, I wrote to the prime minister because one morning, my thesis was on artificial intelligence. So, how to, so it's, it's all artificial intelligence, but, and, and the, the, the proper team is how to mitigate bias, algorithm bias in decision making, which can cut across all industry. And this morning, I was just watching, trying to get ready for work, and I saw the prime minister, he was launching AI. I'm a crazy guy. Immediately, I just left my tie. I went to my laptop. I wrote him a letter. Dear Shunak, I've just been watching you. You are trying to institute AI in the UK. I am applying for my DBA. And Durham University have, have, have given me unconditional offer. Hereby enclose the letter. And I'll be so happy if you can sponsor me. This is the breakdown of the cost. One year, 20K. Second year, 15K. Total is about 65,000 pounds. I look forward to hearing from you. And I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy to sign anything. And immediately, my wife said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the post office. I just went to the country, went to the post office. I did the registered delivery. Next day, I want to sign. The next day, I was monitoring it. I saw he received it by a Nigerian called Tayo. I said, it cannot be Tayo of our church. Because if it is tired of our church, you will have told me. Okay. After two weeks, no response. I keep on checking email. Then again, I went to print the same letter. Advanced copy. Said, dear Prime Minister, I wrote you about two weeks ago. Blah, 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 blah. And I went to send it again. Next day, registered delivery. It wasn't tired that I received the second time, the first time. The second time, a name I cannot pronounce. So I knew that the arm of flesh will fail. So I relied... I relied on the government scheme for loan. And unfortunately, the government scheme for loan can only give me 18,000 pounds. I said to myself, what is this toilet? And one time, I just I was about to travel to Dubai. I sent a message to my boss. I said, well, listen, I need to talk to you, my new boss. I need to talk to you about my one-to-one -one development. He said, oh, why not? Sure. And in that uh, conversation, I said to her, listen, I'm trying to do my DBA, blah, 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 blah. She, she wasn't interested, actually. He said, okay, fine. Send me a proposal. I said, fine. I went, I put together this seven-page proposal of what I'm going to become in the company. And to the point, I said, listen, at my age, I'm not rich. I'm, this is going to be my last bus stop. Did everything. Send it to her. I know she read it. She didn't say one word. One week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And the fourth week... So, oh, by the way, Chris, just to let you know, we're going to, um, what's the, the first year is 20K, okay? 
uh, what about the other year? I said, it's in the proposal, page five. So, so okay, I've seen it. All right. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll get back to you. And on Friday, Kabole zipatalaba. Nimozete batar. Lebotolosita. I know the difference between toiling and walking. And on Friday, she first of all sent me a message on Teams. I've got good news for you, Chris, to discuss with you. And on Friday, we're having a conversation, something completely different. He said, by the way, just to let you know, we will pay the full cost. I don't think you heard me. Now, don't be a player hitter. She said unto me, we will pay the full cost, 65,000 pounds. <laughs> debate all you want to debate. All I know, once I was struggling, figuring out how I'm going to pay this, but this one thing I know, God showed up. But guess what? When she told me the first thing we're going to pay, I thought, because I've been in the industry, it's going to be, in fact, in my company, it's actually 50-50. They'll pay 50. You pay the rest 50. In my company, if I have three colleagues that are doing their masters, it's 50-50. So my mom, okay, yeah, 50, okay, fine, at least 18 grand from the government. I'll see how I'm going to do it. That was my mind. But the Bible says... He will exceed. Think it, he will exceed. Put it in your mind, he will exceed. I wasn't expecting it. And when she said, we will pay all, I knew that there was a God. There's a God that I serve. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to declare unto you in the name of Jesus that when, when you release it unto God, when you rely unto God, think it, wish it, God will show up. No matter how big it is, can I, can I be honest with you? 65,000 pounds was a mountain for me. Mountain for me to climb. Even in my contracting days that I don't budget, I know how long it's going to take me. To make up 65,000. Yes, I, I don't, when I was contract, I never budgeted. Never budgeted. I changed cars every week. Every week. Top car range. To the point someone in church came to say, well, are you a car dealer? I said, no, I'm not a car dealer. I'm just exploring the gift of cars. <laughs> Glory be to God. So it got blew my now, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. And I began to see what it is to toil and to be diligent. Toiling is working extremely hard. Extremely hard. The word of the month for this house is our month to thrive. It's our month to thrive. Now, when I began to look at this toiling, you may be seated. We're almost there. <sighs> oh, no. Baghdad, I'm not, I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. So, he chose Peter's boat. And we saw, without any conversation, Peter. Peter was the chosen one. Without Peter doing any lobbying. So, you don't need to lobby any man. I have the God of the universe on my side. I don't need to talk to anyone. But if you put your faith in him, your reliance in him, then God will always choose you. He'll always be in your corner. And in that conversation, Jesus, after preaching, said unto Peter, in verse 4, now stay with me, I'm closing very soon. In verse 4, he said, launch into the deep. Then verse 5, Peter said something, Master, we've toiled all night. And I began to look at the life in the Word of God. You see, when there's a scenario and you have two people talking or interacting, there are many perspectives to it. If you look at the prodigal son, there's the perspective of the prodigal son. 
There's the perspective of the elder brother, hence the way he reacted. There's also the perspective of the father. One story, different perspective. To get the life of the word of God, you look at the various perspectives. And when I saw Peter's response, the Holy Ghost began to deal with me. And the Holy Ghost said, well, it's time for you and I to rewind, take a journey in the day, in the life of the day of Peter. So take a step back. And I began to explore, knowing fully well that Jesus and Peter never said a word. All Jesus said to Peter, launch into the day. Jesus didn't ask Peter, have you been fishing all night? Have you told all night? All he said was a simple instruction, launch into the deep. But I began to realize, going into the day of the life of Peter, that Peter was a fisherman in the making. He understood the industry. He knows all the techniques. Because when you are in the industry of fishing, you realize that fish cannot survive in a hot environment. And they love the cool environment. Hence why fish live in the water. But, 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 but Peter, because he knows so much about fishing, he knew the act of fishing. He mastered it. Oh, so if, if fish, if fish, if they, 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 they love the cool, the environment, then the best time to actually to fish is going to be at night. Because in the day when the sun rises, the surface of the water becomes so hot, and hence the fish, they have to go down, down, down the water. But at night, because it's cooler, they have to come up, come up, come up the sea to get oxygen because it is cooler. So Peter knew the act of fishing. That I'm going to fish. And all his business partners were going to fish. And it's going to be all night. I put it to you. For Peter, that was not the first time. His pattern was to fish all night. And for Peter to have used the phrase, we have been toiling all night. Peter had this mind frame that I have to toil. Because I have to walk all night. I have to work very hard to make a living. I have to. And it's all well and good. But I beg to differ. When you cross the border of being diligent to toiling, that is working extremely hard. That is not the will of God for you. And that is why I believe Jesus came to the scene, wanted to, to change the orientation of Peter because his lifestyle is toiling all night. That's the day in the life of Peter. And that was why he said to Jesus, Master, do you know anything about fish technology? I bet you don't know. Because at this time when the sun is out, they've gone down. And guess what, Jesus? This is us washing our net. We've been toiling all night. We've been toiling all night. How many of you know the sound of my voice? You've been toiling. You've been toiling. It's good to work. It's good to work hard. It's good to work hard. Be diligent. But to work extremely hard, it is not the will of God. Just like Peter. And Jesus showed up in the scene to show Peter a better way. The same way God is showing up in your mind right now, in your circumstances, in your work life, in how you deal with things, to let you know, son, daughter of God, there is a better way. There is a better way. And Peter, after what he said, he said, well, but nevertheless, at your word, I'm closing now, but I've got something to say. At your word, I will launch the net. Jesus said unto Peter, I'm not going to criticize Peter. When my boss told me, I've got good news for you. I was thinking, okay, 80-20, 50-50. Which is the same thing. So I'm not going to judge Peter because Jesus' instruction was launch your nets, plural. But when we preach, when we preach that, say so he disobeyed. But I know the fragility of human being, of a human, that whereby you, 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 you've been in a situation and you just respond halfway. The way I responded. And what happened when he threw the net, not the net? Glory be to God. What the fishermen have never caught, 
in one night before or any fisherman during the day, it was a net-breaking, net-breaking fish that they caught. Now let me close this up and it's going to get sweeter now. So therefore I believe Jesus wanted to change Peter's orientation from working extremely hard into thriving. Now stay with me. The word thrive means to blossom, uh, to flourish and to grow. This means one does not require lots of effort to thrive. Uh, the, the, the minute you start to deploy lots of effort to get into your groove, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid to announce to you that such scenario does not paint the picture of thriving. Rather, it is hardship. Simply because you are putting too much effort to get things done. And your output does not equate to the amount of effort that you've put in. As I kept meditating on the word thrive, the Holy Ghost went further to impress upon my heart and brought a correlation between thriving and soaring. Thriving and soaring. And when we use the word soar, we know about the eagles. They soar. Uh, before the eagle can soar, the eagle will at least jump out of the branch of the tree and at least flap its wings. That is the level of work that God requires you and I to do. To be diligent. To do what you ought to do. And when he flaps it and he identifies where the wind is coming. He now moves with the wind and begins to soar. It's soaring you don't flap. Glory be to God. Now the eagle enjoys the storm. Because it just stretches the wings and begins just to navigate. It's soaring. And the more I recite this on these two words, the more difficult it was for me to separate them. Thriving and soaring have similar outputs and results. Number one, to thrive requires little effort. Little effort. To soar also requires little effort. Give you an example of the eagle. He flaps before it gets to soaring. But it's a little effort. Number two, to thrive is to sail. And to soar is also to sail because sailing comes with ease, with no problem. When you're sailing, glory be to God. So what does soaring like an eagle mean? Listen, we will soar on wings like eagle. We begin to do things beyond ourselves. The eagle was soaring beyond itself is because of the wind, the storm that came up. Eagles use the wind to fly and hardly flap their wings. This is the picture of how God can walk in your life if you allow him to do so. Run and never grow weary. Walk and never faint. Race that never stop. But we will grow weary if we run in our own strength. To those of you that do sport, you know, when you start running, the more you run the more you begin, begin to go weary. Glory be to God. So the word of the Lord to me, to those of you listening to me, is it's time for you to thrive. And in thriving, you have to know how to discern between toiling and thriving. And my, my, my wife, you know, usually I, I give her my, my message to uh, I worked in pharmaceutical industry. Before the drugs get to you, they test it on rats and see how the rats will react on animals before you take the drugs. And I hear animal cruelty shouting, uh, that's cruel. Hello? Hello? What's cruel about it? Do you want to take the medicine that have not been proven? Do you want to preserve the life of animal above the life of a man. When God in the creation, he made animal for man. Come on, come on. I know the debate goes on. So we test it on rabbits and see how it responds. So the same way when I enter, I do my preaching, I give it to my wife. Have a read. And I, and I, I, I know who I respond. I say, oh, I'm cooking it, man. 
And when she, when she raised her, thank you for ministering to me. And she said something, and uh, it's not me. But if you're going to use it, you're going to give me the credit first, then I'll give her the change because I'm doing preaching. And she said that toiling, oh, that blessed my heart. She said toiling is self-reliance. And thriving is God-reliance. Kabatalabalaba. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus said unto Peter, and Peter responded unto the Lord, said, we have toiled all night. I have relied on my strength, on my ability, but I'm ready to change gears. I want to turn to relying on you. And he said, nevertheless, at your word, and they launched into the deep. Oh, Mary, come and testify. Mary, Virgin Mary, preparing for her wedding. Doing things her way, and suddenly God interrupted her sin. But let me assure you, Mary was not the only virgin in the land. Just the same way, Peter's boat was not the only boat on the shore. But God chose Mary. Oh, hail Mary, full of grace. When the spotlight is on you, the grace of God is full on you. Don't be ashamed to acknowledge the grace and the favor of God over your life because you didn't ask God to choose you. Oh, come on, don't be a player here. God just chose you. Now, if you understand the sound of my voice and you want to identify with that, say, yeah, God chose me. God chose me. It was not of my doing, but God chose me. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to be busy watching my neighbor because I know my time and seasons. It's in the hands of God. And when God, who is in the scene, who has been in the scene, when it comes out in the scene, I won't be ashamed to say, it is God, like Coco Golf gave the glory unto God. So don't be ashamed to acknowledge that favor and fear. It is the grace of God upon my life. And when the angel came unto Mary and said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. He said, You will. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you, and you shall bear a son. And Mary said, I have not known a man since my life. How shall this thing be? You see, don't fake with God. Tell God how you feel about what he tells you to do. Open unto God. Say, God, this does not make sense. Speak your mind unto God. Because in that season, in that dialogue, you begin to get the grace to do what God wants you to do. God is not going to penalize you for being human. And to say, well, God, I don't understand this. There are many things in my life that is happening. That church, I don't understand. Because I know what the word says. But I go to God and say, God, this doesn't make sense. I don't believe that this is my cause in life. Uh, but Mary then said, be it unto me according to your word. Uh, same thing that Peter did. Uh, nevertheless, at your word. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to close with three points. Uh, for you to thrive uh, in this season. For you to walk the thriving that God has given to us. The word that God gave to us by our pastor. Number one point. Uh, you must first make the decision that I I want to thrive. I do not want to toil again in my life. You have to make that decision. I want to thrive. I'm not going to toil. Number two, allow Jesus into your business. Just the same way when Jesus showed up in the scene of Peter. Jesus didn't say any word with Peter. The fishermen were washing their net not far off. So Peter saw Jesus step into his boat. And Peter never said no. Number two, allow Jesus into your business. Allow him to take control. Allow him to be the anchor. Allow him to be the pilot of your life. Because that is one good step to put you in a position to thrive. And the final thing, the Bible says, show me your works. And I will tell you if you're a man of faith, faith without works is dead. It's one thing hearing the word of God. Because ladies and gentlemen, for you to thrive in this season, God is speaking to your heart or what you need to do that may not make sense. But just hearing that word will not do anything. But the Bible says faith without works is dead. So when God says a word, then ladies and gentlemen, just do it. When God asks you to turn right, ladies and gentlemen, just turn right. When he asks you to give, oh ladies and gentlemen, just give. When he asks you not to go, 
ladies and gentlemen, then don't go. Just do it. And once you apply those three principles, thriving becomes like a soaring. And when you're soaring, even though it's in the midst of storm, because Jesus is in your boat. See, there are times where we're afraid of success. I've been there. And while we're afraid of success, well, with this last, what God does, it is forever. And that assurance comes because you invite him into your business. Rise up on your feet, ladies and gentlemen. Rise up on your feet, ladies and gentlemen. As I was preparing the message, this is now for a moment, 60 seconds for you and God alone. As I was preparing this message, God was ministering to me. Yes, I've shared a testimony. Trust me, there are other testimonies to come. There are other testimonies to come. But whilst preparing, there are areas of my life that I began to see this equates to toiling, Lord. This equates to toiling, Lord. Yes, Lord, this is toiling, Lord. Yes, Lord, this is toiling. You've given all things that bite into life and God. This is toiling, Lord. And God began to minister to me. And in my text, in the whole thing of the whole text, and those points, were the things that God was ministering to me that I need to consciously do. I need to consciously do. I need to consciously do. Thank you, Jesus. Allow him into your business. Allow him into your business. Roll the stone away. Let him take charge. Let him take charge. And whatever he says unto you, just do it. Just do it. Father, thank you for your grace that is upon the house right now. Thank you, Father God, for you speaking to our hearts, Lord. For your will is for us to thrive. And we thank you. We will obey. We will obey, Lord. We will obey, Lord. We will obey, Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.